0: Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet Star Wars. Here they come. I do that. The story of a boy universe. The Centium, Digging Into the Culture. This episode, Jack and Butters explore Star Wars The Force Awakens days before the movie's release. A fan's perspective based upon what we know from the trailers, the original trilogy and what we can the franchise in the prequels.
1: Welcome, Butters. This is my first podcast, so I am a bit, you know, I don't want to call it nervous, but I'm excited.
2: We'll see how it goes. So I wanted to speak, especially with a big fan like yourself, about you are looking forward to the release of Star Wars 7. Um, and kind of just start off with, what is your experience with Star Wars? How did you start off loving the, uh, the trilogies and the, <laughs> I don't
1: know what they're called. You know, it's kind of fun. So, when I was a kid, you know, growing up, as most kids have, I watched the original Star Wars on VHS, the unaltered version, with Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi before they even called it A New Hope. And then it was the THX remastered, and then, um,. When they re-released them in theaters in 97, I probably became more of a fan, being able to go in theaters and seeing it all there, and just, you know, I just remember being fascinated by, oh, great, Star Wars on the big screen, and it was just so, you know, momentous, and then they announced the prequels, and, you know, I watched those, and, you know, it's kind of ingrained in our culture, my family enjoys it, and it's funny, because with Episode 7, you know, now they release it, and you hear all these things about the sequels. At first, I was hesitant, and, you know, the first trailer, I was all right, second one okay, and then I, I forget how many there are at this point, but uh, the most recent one, when they played a Monday Night Football, um, I was at home watching, and I'm like, all right, let's see what happens, so I, I'm watching. First off, terrible football game. You know, the trailer comes on, and I just remember watching it, and, you know, they, they pull up the lightsabers at the very end, and I dropped to the floor in excitement, so it was uh, – I was sold at that point, and then I watched a trailer – uh, probably about fifty more times, five zero, um, and I and I got teary eyed at the, you know, Han Solo comes out and he goes you know, it's true, all of it, and then the the music and it's just that nostalgia kind of hits you, and unfortunately, you know, the, the way things are going now, it, it's a lot of nostalgia. You know, they really want to throw that at you. You know, like Jurassic World was all about nostalgia, which first off, I thought that movie was awful, but you know, <laughs> a lot of people really liked it because they had that nostalgia thing going. Um, I don't think st- this has anything along to do with that, but we'll get into that as we go on. Cool.
2: I want to get your take, too, from a fan's perspective. What did you think of the prequels?
1: So, when the first one came out, I was 99, and I was 13, maybe 12, 12 or 13 at the time. And, you know, I remember watching it, and I had fun, you know, and, you know, I liked the second one more than the first one, and then I like the third one over the others, and, you know, now it's been a decade since the last one's come out, and... You know, obviously, no, they're not the best of quality compared to the originals, but the thing is, I would rather watch those prequels, which are not well-liked, compared to other movies that are, you know, bad or mediocre. You know, I've watched them so many times. The thing is, you know, with Star Wars, not to be biased or anything, I try to look at the positive, and if I'm entertained, great. You know, with Episode One, you have the couple great scenes, the pot racing's fun, you know, and first, I love Darth Maul, and I love Duel the Fates and the music, so I can watch Duel the Fates over and over, and that's all I need. Um, Attack of the Clones has a couple of good moments, again not great, but the music's still great. You know, the music is some of the best thing of the prequels, and the third one I've enjoyed, but it's funny as I've gotten older and time's gone on. And I think, I really wish they would have done three differently. I wish they would have done, you know, rather than have clone troopers take out these Jedi, which seems kind of lame. You know, had a bunch of Darth Maul-like characters, you know, something like that, taking them all out one by one. It may have been dark a little bit more violent, but I think it would have worked better. Um, but the other thing about the prequels is, we already know he's going to be Darth Vader. We pretty much know everything, so that kind of hurt it. And the fact that they didn't use as many practical effects, so if you watch the Blu-rays of all these movies now, the... One, two, three don't look as good on Blu ray as four, five, six being renumbered because um, you know it's all practical, so it's still there, looks good. Um, but I, I can do it, I can watch them, I have fun, and you just know it's Star Wars, it's the event. You know, it's, it's certain movies that you can skip, but those are just it's a fun thing to keep going with.
2: I, my story goes way back to the original Star Wars back in '77,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was the Wii one at the time. But, of course, it was groundbreaking. It was an amazing thing. It changed the world. It changed cinema. Yep. It changed how people looked at Hollywood and media, um, from the special effects all the way to the way it was marketed. The music, the toys, everything was kind of this phenomenon that came out. Oh, yeah. So you carry that through, and that just lingered on through, you know, all the way to the Return of the Jedi. And then, you know, we get this big gap of time. What's interesting between the original series and the prequels was there was a gap of the expanded universe, so that kinda of kept the excitement going. There were video games. So I think almost the, the video game phenomenon with Star Wars actually stopped or started after the you know, the original series stopped yeah. because there was nothing else to fill those gaps. He had said a long time ago, meaning George Lucas had said a long time ago that he'd love to do more movies. So everybody was getting excited after Return of the Jedi, but he also said, I wanna take a break. So in the meantime, other folks at Lucasfilm, you know, did what they could with interactive media at the time. There was some really groundbreaking games that came out and that kind of filled the appetite through the prequels Then I have to say from a fan perspective I got really disappointed by the prequels Yeah, yeah. living through all of what we lived with on the original series side and everything that was just groundbreaking and uh, from a story perspective there it had everything that you needed the prequels really fell short so for me it's going to be interesting going into Star Wars 7 because I'm a little bit of a mixed bag I'm going to go see it just like everybody else will in the world um but I'm tempering the way I feel about it because of what I saw with the prequels. Now this obviously is completely new. Um, they're under way different management now. They've got JJ Abrams on board. and it's good to see, like what you mentioned with the trailers, what they're trying to elicit, which is really fascinating. So there's the nostalgia aspect of it, but he's gonna have to bridge between both.
1: I was say with JJ Abrams, which I've liked, he he's he's fun to watch. He, Really cares about fan service, yeah. and you know he took Star Trek, which was a bit of a niche series, and he was able to open it up wide to really take care of the mass audience and Star Wars arguably is for a mass audience, but it still is for a big niche, and I believe he 's going to get an entire audience involved whether you 've seen any Star Wars or not from what i 've gathered what i 've heard um, also to add on to you know with Star Wars talking about you 'd live through it the story behind it real quick is you know exciting where you know Lucas. Thought the movie's going to flop. He wasn't even there for the premiere. That's the weekend he went to go write Raiders of the Lost Ark with Spielberg, and you know he essentially they're going to renegotiate his contract after the first one or during the first one before it happened came out. And he said, "Just give me the rights to any sequels and the merchandise," which, as we now know, is a huge thing, especially the toys that you may have purchased back in the day. I I know I did. Um, So that's you know incredible as well, and. You look at it as now, I mean, uh, the September 4th when they did that Force Friday, that was just insane. I mean, there were lines out Target, out Best Buy, you know, everywhere that sold anything Star Wars related. It was just insane how people are so excited for this.
0: Your step must be quick. Your action, sure. Yoda puppet and the Force lightsaber each sold separately. As you move your lightsaber, the sound of the Force moves with you. It can be a powerful friend. That is your first lesson. Learn it
1: well. The Force isn't my lightsaber. The Force is in all things. Even you, my young Jedi. The
0: Force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection.
1: Yeah, so, what, all right, so what, uh, what is, what's your ranking of four, five, and six of the originals? So
2: definitely Empire Strikes Back, though, out of the the three movies, that one had the most uh, character building in it. Mm -hmm. Lawrence Kasdan as the writer is just amazing, what he did with the storyline. And is it Irwin Kushner? Yeah. Yeah, so Irwin Kirshner just did an amazing job handling something that, if you read a lot of the things at the time, he didn't know exactly what he was getting into. He kind of peripherally knew about Star Wars. But um, he really handled and said, I'm going to bring this back to the characters. So when you watch the sequences with Yoda, they're just these amazing things where you have a puppet, essentially, that you care about as any of the humans that are on screen. So just an amazing job to handle the practical effects that were there at the time, along with the story, along with a bridge between two movies, and then coming off one of the giant movies of all time. So to juggle all of that and then create this piece of work that a lot of contemporaries of mine would say was not only just the best of the Star Wars movies, but actually a great movie in its own right, yeah. just you know, outside of the trilogy, it's amazing. It's, just,
1: it's one of the few sequels that's better than the original, and it's hard to do. You can always say Godfather 2 versus 1, I'm Godfather Part 1 guy over 2 of myself, Um I you know and also Irving Kirshner, we want to make sure we get his name correct we oops, Irvin, Irving Erwin you know it's all good uh of course um for me when i was a kid it used to be return of the jedi i don't know if it was the ewoks that you know i i don't know you know as a kid it's cool and then as i got older i think it was episode 4 it was a new hope which i liked the most and then as i got older you know i I've, I've watched them all and you see the progression two is or to uh The second one, slash episode five, Empire Strikes Back, has that, it's just dark and just, it everything about it. It's not as cheesy as Star Wars A New Hope, and so I put that probably as my first along with you. Um, And then probably A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Again, all of them, I still enjoy the original trilogy. You know, it's hard to pick ranking. It's not, you know, saying that, oh, this one's not as good, but it's just my preface of which one I like more. So I we, I guess what I was going with is, you know, episode seven, I think it'll be on par, you know, with like a Return of the Jedi or, you know, a New Hope status of how much fun and entertaining it was. And so I think it should be, it, it should be, knock on you know some wood, it should be better than one, two, and three of the prequels. Right.
2: And I'm always curious, especially with your generation, how did you consume that original series? Was it videotape?
1: Was it DVD? Oh, it was VHS. It, it was VHS. VHS. Um, the I had the... I still have them I actually when I went back home for uh, the holidays I watched the original untouched versions on VHS which was kind of fun because it was just different to see it and you know it's we were watching in you know, a grainy VHS tape uh, then I got when they re-released the VHS in 97 98 whenever it came the gold box yeah. and you know when back then you know the 90s which is funny because you know we had all the square TVs you know the tubes so I I picked the full-screen versions, and now I've gotten older, you know, and shortly after when DVDs started becoming a thing, it was only widescreen, and then it became Star Wars DVDs, and then, you know, with the Blu-ray releases, which I I really hope they get released soon, they get re-released, you know, the remastered but unaltered versions... Because I don't know if you remember Return of the Jedi, that awesome song, you know, at the end when they're singing and it's so happy, but then they change the music and it's weird and then Darth Vader is saying no and yeah. Ewok's blinking. Right. That is, the, you know, Darth Vader saying no, I can mute it and maybe get away with it, but Ewok's blinking scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I'm not used to it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look natural. No one cared about Ewok's blinking. Yeah. So we can go on it for it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, actually was just watching Empire And I love seeing Yoda as a puppet I just love seeing, you know, just that practical It just seemed fun, you know, when you watch the prequels And, you know, as fun as was watching Yoda the lightsaber Um You know, it's supposed to be like 30, 40 years In between episodes, you know, 3 to 4 to 5 Or whatever And, you know, he becomes an old crippled man after Like, oh, I'm I'm done, I had a lightsaber fight 30 years ago And I'm already in my 800s or whatever His age is, something like that I'll never pull one out again Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm good, I'm done (laughs) Right,
2: so going on to what we think will happen as fans and anticipating and our backgrounds as we lead into the Star Wars, we come in with our own stories, we come in with our own anticipation. So now we get to hypothesize what exactly is going to happen. So I'll say very quickly, because I know you've got a ton of hypotheses that we'll, sure. we'll go I, to. I, we'll see. <laughs> um, like, where's Luke? you know what is luke doing so you look at the trailers and the trailers don't really say a lot so they're he's doing a pretty good job of trying to keep things close to the chest i have a feeling that luke is obviously a big pivot point in the movie i'm not going to go beyond that i've thought of some stupid things like maybe he's trying to rebuild the jedi academy and this is some way some weird way but then that's going way too deep yeah so a lot of the star wars comic books that came out of the original trilogy that's what it was about luke living on Dagobah with all of the folks coming in and, and you know, all the Jedi across the galaxy or Force-sensitive folks would come in and he would train them. But that seems kind of weird. So I think now that, you know, you look at what Finn's story is, Kylo Ren's, obviously they're linked together. They're the two, you know, the protagonists and the antagonists in the movie that drive the story along, but that's the thing in what way? I'm kind of curious yeah. what your take is on what you think is driving this particular oh, story Oh,
1: gosh, the thing is, I, I, I'm going to come up with a bunch of hypotheses, and you know, once you gotta listen to this and then watch the movie, you know, we're going to think we're fools for a bit because what's happening at you know J.J. Abrams especially will throw a bunch of red herrings out. He did it for Star Trek; he's done it before, where he's going to throw us in so many different directions and he expects one thing versus the other. They say we haven't seen Luke, and the only person who really knows who I believe what's happening um, is Mark Hamill himself. Um, he apparently, from what I've heard in his contract, a friend told me yesterday that he cannot say anything until i think it's thursday or friday wow. he's allowed to say something and if he and if he keeps his mouth shut about it he gets a big bonus it's in his contract because he was signed because the only way the secret gets out is if he says anything right. so i'm sure he's doing a good job holding it back and he's having fun with it they're all having fun i i've i've heard that you know uh the first rumor I've heard, or I've whatever, is Han and Leia—they have two kids. One's Rey, and the other is Kylo Ren. That is what I've heard. That the two of them are twins, and then they've been separated, or whatever happened. You know, and I—I I, I don't know if I want to go with it that much. Um, I hope it's not that obvious because when you see the trailer and you see Han and you know Rey, unless Rey's like one of those I—I I abandon ship, I jump ship, and you know Han and Leia are terrible parents. But, you know, it could go that way. I've also heard that, you know, Kylo Ren is really Luke Skywalker. Which um, is why,
2: and, I mean, they changed – somebody's voice is getting changed. Yeah. Now, if it's an actor, like, is it Domal Lundgren or whatever his name is that's playing Kylo Ren? It,
1: why would they change
2: his Why would they change oh his voice? Oh,
1: gosh. His voice – let's see. It's, it's Adam Driver, I believe. Yeah, Adam Driver from okay. Girls and other things. Okay. Um, you know what, they, they could do it just to throw us off, to really, you know, That's to mess with us. Um, you know, trying to not look at the IMDB page, because I'm trying to avoid spoilers as best as possible. Um, you have a couple people who haven't been introduced yet, um, like the gentleman, uh, let me find his name, he does all the stop motion characters, he's really talented, I can- Andy Circus. um, okay. so they have a character for him, I don't know what his deal is, um. I've also heard rumors or theories that you know because Harrison Ford doesn't want to be doing this anymore that they kill him off in this movie which
2: he wanted to do in
1: Return of the Jedi actually. which yep they wanted to get rid of him but they didn't have it happen right um I you know I hope it's not that obvious when I say hope it's not that obvious whatever as long as I'm entertained and it works right. it could be obvious as long as it's good and it fits um In the trailer, you see somebody putting his arm on R2 when he's got that metal thing. So I'm thinking, maybe that's Luke. But then again, I didn't think that detailed which hand was it that he got cut off and which is he touching R2 with. You know, obviously a different metal hand, but something just kind of screamed, oh, maybe that's it. Um, So what
2: would you be disappointed in if it were to come out? Like in my case, I would be disappointed if Luke Skywalker turned evil. That would be very disappointing. So I hope he's not doing anything that overt. I,
1: I hope that too, just cause you know, if Luke does turn evil, then it's kind of, you know it's almost too easy, and it's almost okay, so we had three movies build up into this, you know hey, you know, you found the force you did good with it, and you got your father who was evil back to the good side at the very end, and then for you to you know, f- go back to the dark side just to have three more movies, or whatever the plan is, yeah I hope not either, um and I doubt that he would do that. As we speak it out or talk it out, I don't think that would be the case. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't. I don't want to see any of the main characters die. At the same time, you know, it is good when they do it. If they do it well, because there are other there are other movies and books, and you know, I don't want to give anything too much away. But their characters, let's say Harry Potter, without giving any for those who haven't seen the movies or read the books, there are certain people who've died throughout the series, and, you know, especially the last one, last book slash movies and it was alright for them to go because the way they did it and it made the story flow uh, I love Hunger Games I've read the books I've enjoyed the heck out of them but in the last book you know, there's a character or two that dies and one in particular that felt very unneeded and just forced so as long as they do it well with this obviously I don't want them to kill Han Solo but if it has to be done then it has to be done um, it's just you know you have eight and nine going to happen and you're not going to have Harrison Ford as a ghost that wouldn't really make too much sense um And, you know, they're talking about doing young Han Solo movies, which, all right, but, you know, to me, it's kind of, you know, Harrison Ford is that character where I don't want to see anybody else play him, even though it will probably happen. So, yeah, i will probably be disappointed if Han Solo goes. Um,
2: Obviously, R2-D2 and C-3PO are always going to be there.
1: They will always be there. I'm going to be disappointed if they don't develop or they don't utilize Rey and Finn properly. Because those that so of the characters that are brand new that we've really been you know marketed with you know I I will be honest I have um the diecast toys um of Ray with the BB-8 which I'm really excited for BB-8 and if they mess up BB-8 I will be extremely disappointed I know they're trying to get more people in because he's cute and fun you know it's like the new of the R2s I love it's practical also um but we have Ray we have you know Finn. Uh, they've had the pop toys. I mean, they've had all the pop toys of everybody, but those two. And Kylo Ren just seems so cool with the lightsaber that at first people were thinking, what the heck is with this? You know, it's got the two coming out the yeah, side. Chopped his own hand off. Yeah, exactly. We're like, what is this? Um, but it looks cool. It seems cool. So, you know, I'm hoping those characters are good. I I don't want to assume Kylo Ren's going to be cool, but I feel that it just seems like a cool character compared to, you know, we had a Darth Maul who was amazing, and they, they killed him off. Not that they didn't have to or shouldn't have, but, you know, it happens. So if they can keep him around or... Even if they kill the character, it's fine. As long as he's awesome, great. Um, And then you look at, with with Ray and Finn, you know, if they go, they die, whatever. Um, I like the fact that so far we have not heard anything about, you know, people extending on to episodes 8 and 9 for the most part. I think we may have heard Mark Hamill, that's it. But one of my biggest pet peeves about movies is, you know, I, I go all the time, usually opening weekend, And especially for big events. And then if you find out, oh, they're doing a sequel, for people who haven't seen the movies yet, you know, it's kind of, well, the anticipation and the excitement kind of dies a bit. Because there's going to be a sequel to this movie, then you can already assume that this, this, and this are going to happen. And, you know, with this, they're it very hush-hush, and hopefully, you know, they can wait a little while till, let's say, February till they really announce, you know, the next plans, rather than, hey, we just broke all these records opening weekend. Let's talk about the sequel we're doing. Because yeah. it's already been greenlit. We just, right. let's find out who's available. Once everyone sees it, let's find out who's getting signed on after. So I just hope they use Finn and Ray well, because the cool thing is they, they sign unknowns for the most part. You know, they, they, they've been around, they've done some roles, but they're not, you know the big names, you know, obviously uh, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, that they are now because they, you know, are older. So I like that because, you know, when you... It's like with Pixar. Pixar does it very well where, for the most part, most of their movies now, they have big names, but they usually pick the right people. When you have something like DreamWorks, and again, DreamWorks has some fun movies, but there are times they just pick the big names to fill in these characters that anybody can do, you know? So...
2: Uh, Finn's journey is, you know, you look across the different trailers and what they're setting up, because I, I like the way you phrased it. You're looking at what's been marketed to us. So these are supposed to be the main drivers of the new saga. Mm-hmm. So you look at, you know, Daisy Ridley and then Finn's character, and, and you go through what they're doing, and you wonder if is Finn really, you know, part of the new order, and he's escaping, and that's what really sets up his journey to meet with um, Ray, you know, yeah. on, I assume, his tattooing, although... I've heard others. Do you think it's Tatooine?
1: I want to say yes. I feel like they're going to go back to the roots. They're going to go back. It's there. I mean, they've d- they filmed there. They might as well go back. It's just... I mean, they went there for episode two, I believe. You know, they went back to it. So, and back, back to Patanui, the, the place actually filmed, which I am blanking on at the moment. Um, Tunisia. Tunisia. There we go. Thank you. Um, so, I think they'll go back. Um, and by the way, I, I already have a huge crush on Daisy Ridley. So, just in case she's listening, you know, please. Sure she is.
2: Ah! <laughs> um... I liked your uh, hypothesis, too, on them being Kylo and Rey being twins, being separated. So it would be fascinating to find out why they were separated, because that shouldn't happen. Yeah. But then, you know, the same thing happened to uh, Luke and Leia, and you wonder if the same forces are at work. Now, what do you think of the tag that they used in the trailer of the Force is strong in my family, and
1: does Leia get Force powers? I've heard she may be wielding a lightsaber in this. Uh-huh. I mean, the Force is with her, so it just depends on if she's a Jedi or she she does anything with it. Um, you know, it depends, you know, it depends how much they want to utilize Carrie Fisher with this. Because, you know, I'm not, you know, I know she's in it, and she's uh, known as General Leia in this. So, it'll be interesting, you know, she may use the Force in different ways and not be, you know, you know, pretty much lightsaber only and, you know, taking care of that. We'll, we'll see. Um, with, with Finn, I like the fact that, you know, he's the... I'm I I I'm pretty sure when I say this, I'm going to hopefully go in absolutes, so that he's the only actual stormtrooper who ever taken his helmet off. You know, because right. you have your clone troopers. The clone troopers don't count. They were all clones of the same person, so no big deal. And they were CG also. They weren't real. But, you know, the stormtroopers, you know, it's cool that, you know, he takes his helmet off and we see that, oh, it's not a clone. It's actual, you know, just I signed up to be a part of this. And so we'll see, you know, it's kind of that, you know almost it's almost the you know he probably started out good in life went bad somewhere and then you know goes back to being good almost almost like a Darth Vader almost like an Anakin Skywalker potential parallel I don't I just came up that on the spot thinking about it out loud so we'll we'll see how it goes I mean I'm you know John Boyega was great in Attack the Block so we'll see uh, we'll see what happens next
2: Then the other line I'm picking up on from the trailer that everybody did was I want to finish the work you started as he's looking at the Darth Vader melted helmet. What wow. do you think that means?
1: That that's where the hypothesis of Luke is Kylo Ren to I want to finish what you started. I heard a rumor ago a while ago that Kylo Ren was on I guess it was Endor, you know where um where Jedi ends and he finds the burnt carcass of um Darth Vader and just flips out. And that's when he brings it onto his ship and he goes, I want to finish what you started. Um, Unless Kylo Ren's some sort of general on board. Um, And and I also heard that his lightsaber is is weird. It it doesn't look like a normal lightsaber because he had to build it from scratch. I've also heard that one, so... I wonder if
2: Luke took Darth Vader's lightsaber after. We never know, right? He burns Darth Vader's body, I would assume, because all Jedi's take care of the lightsaber. Yeah how, yeah, that's fascinating. Maybe Kylo takes it and warps it some way to his own?
1: Yeah, I mean, or it could be just damaged and that's why it looks funny or or it doesn't look normal, I should say. Um, and then side note, with the uh, episode 3, when the two of them are fighting with the blue lightsabers, I get that Ana- or uh, Obi-Wan's supposed to take Anakin's lightsaber. But I hated the fact there was two blue lightsabers going because you know, it just seemed very like I can't really tell the difference. Yeah. you know um, It would have been better if you just had the red one from the get-go or just a different color. It doesn't really matter. you know. Um, and the other question is whose lightsaber does Finn have because Finn's got a blue lightsaber. That's true. So, and I've also heard that potentially could be Luke Skywalker's lightsaber because he had the blue one then he got a green one and And that's the
2: weird thing about Finn being a Jedi to me that it seems kind of odd that is this out of the blue because seemingly the way they've set this movie up and the way the trailers have looked is that he gets a lightsaber and now all of a sudden he's fighting Kylo Ren that seems yeah. like a bit of a stretch, so I'm kind of curious how that all plays
1: out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it was exciting seeing it happen, and then like you said, you know, using lightsabers, not just a sword, and, you know, if, if they do anything like they did with the prequels and they had the lightsaber fights where they are super intense, I know some people said, well, they're supposed to be sword fights, but fast lightsabers is kind of what we want and what we like. I mean, as you watch the originals, the lightsaber fight's keeping faster and faster. I mean, the first one's kind of very tame, and then the second one is... Probably the most epic because you find out he's a father, you know, Luke, I'm your father. And actually that's not even the quote, it's uh no, I'm your father is the actual quote. Everyone says Luke, I'm your father. So kind of fun fact there. Everyone gets that quote wrong. Um and then yeah, but return of the Jedi, I mean, he was, you know, Luke was pounding away at him, you know how angry he was, he was just whapping away. So we'll see. I mean, unless Kylo Ren isn't, you know, he just knows how to use the force at times. Um I'm also curious of Poe? um yeah Oscar Isaac's character I mean I know they have an X-Wing Lego X-Wing that they just released which seems kind of cool I haven't picked it up yet I love Legos by the way so um you know it's I'm really trying to keep in the dark unfortunately most of my theories have come you know from people talking to me and I've heard and thought and you know I just I I really like going in not knowing much um one of the things I know that upset people which I want to get the soundtrack and when episode one got released one of the things was uh Qui-Gon's funeral so I was like oh great Qui-Gon died fantastic right yeah yeah so (laughs) fortunately I didn't know and I think someone may have spoiled it but you know
0: from Kenner's Star Wars collection comes the Stormtrooper the Sand People and all 20 action figures including new Hammerhead Snaggletooth and more each sold separately and now Boba Fett Star Wars villain with his laser rifle Boba Fett is not yet available in stores, but you can get him free with four proofs of purchase from any Star Wars action figures. Details on specially marked facts at participating stores. Offer ends May 31st. Star Wars action figures sold separately from Kenner.
2: All right, so looking at the venerable Wikipedia here, Butters, and we look at the future and what we're going to be seeing down the pike, we've got Episode 8 in 2017, which is close to the original date of the original Star Wars, I think, May 25th. Yep. Getting close there. No, but years though, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Rogue One is coming out in 2016. Then we have probably alternating. Actually, Young Han Solo is next. Am I reading that right? Yep, in 2018. That episode 9 in 2019. Mm-hmm. So very similar to the way that the release schedule looks for a lot of the Marvel stuff, which is fascinating that they're going to try to do things each year. Yep. So, what do you think will happen? What do you think this arc is between the episodics?
1: Um, you know, as I look at it, it's Marvel-like, it's it's also Pixar-like, where they pull one a year. Um, it looks like we're also doing, you know, we have December with this one, with the Force Awakens coming out in a few days, and then we have Rogue One in December, and then we almost jump a few months later to episode eight. Um... I think it's the whole idea is just to make it an event, you know, once a year. And if they do it well, like Pixar has pretty much been doing, with what they're trying to do, um, I like it. I like it's once a year. I know people people are going to say, as everyone always does, you know, is it going to be too much? And it may be too much. It absolutely could be too much. But I think that's why they're trying to do, you know, Star Wars Force Awakens and then Star Wars Story. Star Wars Episode Eight. Star Wars story, then Star Wars episode 9. So that way, you know, it's not too much. The only time, as of right now, you know, we have December of 2015, then December of 2016, then May of 2017. So that's your only, wow, that, you know, maybe, quote, close, and they may be continuing to, And I believe they're going to continue to try for May. I mean, they're going to do May because it's summer, you know, it's the uh, Memorial Day weekend, or they do December when things are generally quiet. I mean, if you look at the top two movies of all time right now... Avatar and Titanic, both released in December, they both dominated the box office and did so well, word of mouth, how good it was, and nothing else was out that would compete. And that's what Star Wars is right now going to lead up to. Um, I see it very much like Pixar, how they release one per year for the most part, except this year. And the funny thing about Pixar releasing two in one year, you had Inside Out that did so well and critical acclaim and, and the, the numbers were great on it and they're still... Pretty solid, I believe, if it's even in theaters. Maybe the couple that's left, yeah. and you have the Good Dinosaur, which was all right. Um, I had someone call it, it's called the Good Dinosaur, not the Great Dinosaur, <laughs> and I, you know, I chuckled a little bit. Um, the visuals of that movie are fantastic, though. It's kind of a story that's been done. And if you look at the numbers, it's going to be the lowest grossing film, at least domestically, for the Pixar world. So even though it's an original story, which is a great idea, that, hey, at least you do something original rather than, you know, sequel, 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 which I know people always, you know, faux pas. So with Star Wars, you know, people are saying, oh man, it may be too much, but to me, I'd rather see one Star Wars per year than four to five comic book movies per year. Because you look at it, I mean, now mind you, it may be, you know, you only get one Batman per three years. You get one, you know, Captain America per three years. But when you get, you know, especially, you know, as 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 fun as Marvel is, don't get me wrong, but, you know, Marvel has such a huge grasp on everything. Now mind you, you know, you have Disney that owns it, you have some Fox that owns part of it, you have, you know, a couple people having a piece of the pie, having Disney being the biggest. So when you have you know, Fox releases, you know, X-Men, and then you have Thor come out, and you have Captain America. That's not the exact what happens per year, but just that idea that it's just so over-inundated. Now, we've been talking, I mean, people said this for years, you know, we talked a little bit in the other segment about how um, the Star Wars, the books, and the multi-universe, and how big it is, and the video games have held it over. Like, I'm a huge Shadows of the Empire fan, video game and book. So, if they're able to, you know, take it, and, you know, let's let's do it well. Let's go for it. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know how I feel about an untitled – or the Han Solo film right now not titled anything because I, I, I like Harrison Ford. And, you know, to see a younger person play him or whoever to play, it's almost – I don't know if I need to see it. Yeah. Um, the Rogue One, the Star Wars story, I'm interested to see what they do because it's almost going to be – not a heist movie per se, but it's almost espionage. They get the plans to blow up the Death Star, which I think will be fun. Yeah. They talk about it. They talk about a Yoda prequel. They talked about a Boba Fett movie. Um, my thing is, the Boba Fett could be cool, but always my thing in life is less is more. Because if you if you don't have it all, then you kind of really want more of it. So there are so many different Star Wars movies they can do. And here's the other thing: if they do, you know, the Han Solo movie, great. It's just. I don't know if maybe a trilogy... Let's say the first one's really good, and a trilogy needs to work in order to tell whatever. But I'd rather them plan it out to be a trilogy than just say, Oh, it did really well. Let's make another one. Let's make another one. Because as you've seen with television shows, you see with movies where... TV show. Okay, it's 13 episodes. Oh, it's doing well in the ratings. Let's add nine more episodes or whatever it is. And then the show just drags out, and it just... it, It kills what it has, and you have... These movies, okay? The Matrix. The Matrix was... I don't know if they try to say, oh, it was originally a trilogy. Okay. (laughs) First first one's fantastic. The other two were, why did we even bother, you know? Um, Pikes of the Caribbean, I love the first one. Second one I really enjoyed as well. Third one I... uh, And the fourth one is okay. So, don't get me wrong, sequels can be good. You just gotta... You know, you just gotta be able to keep the room open for it. And not have, you have to worry about driven for quality not for the quantity of money that's being made so with star wars as long as people are going to for it um i'll be honest episode nine scares me because colin trevorrow not that he's a bad guy i couldn't i should not talk bad on the guy but jurassic world i thought was weak i don't know if it's his fault i just didn't like the story of the movie you know i so you could say it's the director of the writing whatnot ryan johnson's gonna be solid for episode eight you know he should be good for episode 9 i mean it also depends on who's writing it. You bring it, so. up a really
2: good point too because one of the things that cripple franchises is that episodic nature of some of the things they've done so even pixar said hey we're not going to do too many of these anymore because they're not doing well. So you you bring up an interesting characteristic of this whole, you know, puzzle is that how do they sustain the franchise through multi-episodics which you know aren't going to end with 9. So they'll do another trilogy after that i'm sure. Yeah. And if you even count till today, that release date of episode 8 is going to be 17 months from now. So can, can you build a movie, in, in seven, can you even write a movie in 17 months that'll be befitting? So that's very fascinating that they, they put a lot of their effort and their faith in this first one, obviously, with J.J. Abrams. You bring up a good point about uh, Colin with the, uh, the ninth movie. And it almost feels like they're trying to bring in that nostalgia factor. For folks that have seen other franchises. So the reason JJ got this is from Star Trek. The reason Colton got this is because of Jurassic World. So they're not they're hedging their bets, you know. And I think what's interesting about Rogue and Han Solo as movies as one offs is that that's their chance of really going full bore with action. Like I think Rogue One is just gonna be a dirty Disgusting, just like flat out, drawn out. Let's get our hands dirty and show a different side of the Star Wars universe you haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. So, I have a feeling those are going to be blasters and explosions and death and almost like um, inglorious bastards of, uh, you know, set in the Star Wars universe. How do they get the plans in the first place? And it's going to be ugly and hopefully they don't return to some of the characters from the prequels.
1: Yeah. With uh, with also the stuff that's happening with all the products coming out, what's next? You know, I, the video game world is starting to pick up again. And um, there's a game called Star Wars 1313. Um, I don't know what, if that's the still official title or what the deal was, and they canned it. And then I believe Dizzy brought it back from an article I read. And it's supposed to be like Uncharted meets the Star Wars world, which would be really fun. And, you know, they have Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which would be fun as a video game. Or, you know what, they could even start doing, you know... Movies are great. I don't know if this is be too much, but TV shows, episodes of, you know, whether it's on Netflix, whether it's on, uh, you know, an ABC, you know, just thinking of, you know, where could venue or where it would be a good venue on for, you know, um, in the world with Disney and, you know, the content that it gets distributed. Um, I mean, even like HBO or Showtime, but at the same time, they're always PG, PG-13 and you can show that really on any network and be okay with it. Um, the thing I like about TV shows and I like about, you know, what they do lately. You have these, you know, eight to 13 episode seasons, you know, about an hour long per episode. You know, you can take a Han Solo, you know, saga and do eight hours and, you know, tell a story and, you know, be done. You know, as a miniseries, you know, if they start doing, you know, actual, like, oh, season one, season two, and that could be much, it could also be expensive, so you never know how they're going to see it. So we'll... I, I would love to see what happens after the new year, just because, you know, right now I don't know how many how many things we're gonna hear. Cause this is gonna first off open all right, so opening record predictions. I'm I'm gonna ballpark minimum two fifty. Domestic wow. domestic at least. I'm close.
2: I would say two twenty five for that weekend.
1: Yeah. It should take away the Jurassic World Record. You know, worldwide, I I'm not sure what it'll do. It's gonna do gangbusters. Um and the thing that I was just reading about that they have no idea what China's gonna do with this as an China, the past several years, China is dominating at the box office international. I mean, it's one of the reasons why it helped *Furious 7 cross a billion dollars, I believe. If somebody wants a fact check, go ahead. But it was a huge help. And, you know, that's, they started building all these movie theaters there. And so when I was growing up, and I still am, of course, um, growing up, because I'm not old, apparently. Uh, the I've always enjoyed box office numbers. I've always enjoyed watching opening weekends. And, you know, as I've gotten older and I still go to the movies, but with 3D ticket sales and the IMAX, and IMAX 3D and whatnot, you know, tickets are almost expensive or more expensive than buying the movie itself. So, some of these records that come out don't impress me as much as they should or could or whatnot. I mean, the ones that have impressed me, you know, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, when they opened up their numbers, when they opened up those weekends, because those were just 2D or IMAX showing. Same with the Hunger Games, when that, when the first a few of those opened up. Um, the last two, people got fatigued with, which, you know, it could happen with Star Wars, but if people don't see it, you know, as a cash cow, you know, it's not to me, you look at, okay, if they make episode nine that, oh, we're gonna take episode nine and call it episode nine and ten to make it two more movies just to melt the story further, you know. Harry Potter did that when it came out, but... Yeah, they wanted money, of course, as all studios do, but they did it tastefully where they told the story well, they kept the stuff in the book, and, you know, they – the first one may not have been as exciting, but it built up. You were – it was intense, and then, you know – to me, I loved the Harry Potter movies, and I thought the last two were the best of the franchise, and, you know, excluding the third. third one's, of course, solid because Alfonso Cuaron. Right. Now, um, with – the Hobbit, that was supposed to only be two movies. Then it became three because it's so much footage, and you have a movie that made $1 billion just on the first one, and it almost made $3 billion worldwide for all three. So, I mean, that's why they did it. Yeah. I don't like the fact that happened because, you know, it, it was quantity, not quality. Hunger Games, the, the last book, which I know a lot of people, including myself, thought was the weakest one, they dragged out. I would have rather seen a three-and-a-half or four-hour movie as one big, huge event, and then I would have been all in. But again, you know, it it made a little less than a billion, you know, on the third one. And the fourth one is doing the weakest of the domestic. And it'll, it should pass the original worldwide, but, you know, people were kind of done with this stuff. So as long as they see that, okay, they're getting new content, they're getting some fresh stuff with the Star Wars, you know, people are going to go to see it. And as long as it's good... Cool, Because, I mean, I, you're seeing all the, the advertisements on, you know, like people sent up, there's a meme of, I don't need Star Wars on my bag of oranges, you know, <laughs> right. it's everywhere. And I'll ask you this, you know, do you think it is too much advertising? Do you think it's overdone? Do you, know?
2: Yeah, I think what they're doing is this attack that they've seen before where you have to kind of go out and just in a blaze because this, this could be a one and done. So they, meaning the company Disney, what they had to do was spend a lot of money to get this franchise. If they can make it back very quickly, then they're fine. So there's a gamble involved from a strategic standpoint. Yeah. So you've got to go out there and say, okay, we're going to make probably in, in you know, just in sales alone a billion dollars just on that. So, I mean, I was joking with some family that you know, Bed Bath & Beyond had a two-page spread for Black Friday – just dedicated to Star Wars. This is Bed Bath and Beyond. This is not even a Toys R Us. Yeah. You know, so they're selling products everywhere. You know, there's uh, Cover Girls got stuff. You know, mm-hmm. almost ha- yeah, Oh yeah. I'd almost guess right now if you watch a commercial break, you're probably seeing one Star Wars per three commercials. Yeah, easy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the cars and whatnot. I think what they're doing also is the you know what they're trying to get everybody and their mother to go see it. You know, they don't want you to be excluded. You know, essentially, if you're sitting there. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Because I know a bunch of my friends are saying, oh, it's too much Star Wars. Way too much Star Wars. And, you know, it, it's going to turn off people. Here's the thing for someone like myself and you who are really excited to see this movie, we're seeing it. I don't care if it's on my ice cream. I don't care if it's my car. I don't care if it's my shoes. My, I, whatever. I'm seeing the movie, okay? For the people who are who don't want to see it, if they're not going to see. It, don't want to see it. They don't need an excuse. There are people who are haters, and haters are going to hate. For people who are, you know what? Love you see it just once because there are times where people just see movies just to see the phenomenon and see what everyone's talking about. So the other thing is nothing's out right now. Nothing significant is out or will be out. Right now it's the Oscar movies, which, don't get me wrong, you know, they're, they're, they're good ones coming out, but they're not taking at the theaters, and they're not the, oh my God, I need to go see this tomorrow, because it's not the spectacle that Star Wars will be in, you know, rightfully so.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the thing is, I'm tired of Star Wars, and I'm sick of seeing it, but you know what, if that butt is in the seat, and that butt paid for a ticket, then they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So. Yeah. You're gonna miss out if you're the the person that is a hater or is lukewarm. You're gonna miss out on a phenomenon, and that's really what they're trying to do. So you could see that if you know what everybody's gonna be feeling Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the time Monday rolls around, if you didn't see the movie, you're gonna be lost. So they're yeah. doing the right thing. They're really pushing it hard, and you're gonna feel bad if you missed it.
1: Yeah, I mean they they bought Lucasfilm for four billion, something like that. So. I I think they've done plenty so far with the merchandise, and you know, someone asked me, you know, oh, is with all this advertising, is uh, is the hype too much? Is it too great now? And to meets the no, because here's the thing, they're hyping you up to go see it, but the only thing this Star Wars episode seven has to do is be better than episodes one, two, three, the prequels, and as long as it's better than the prequels and it's not significantly worse than the originals. It'll be fine. It may not be better than the originals, but as long as, you know, oh, it's really entertaining, I had a lot of fun, though I still enjoyed episode four, five, six better. Yeah, I mean, you watch all these movies nowadays, um, a lot of sequels, remakes, reboots, re-whatever you want to call it. um, Everything has been done. You know, I mean, you watch romantic comedies, little side note, like most movies are Annie Hall. So it's just, how do they switch it to, oh, well, now we're in California and love story about, you know, Guy and girl who work in a movie studio. Then it's, oh, love story in New York. Guy and girl working on a law firm. Same type idea. You know, when you watch these fantasy movies, it's, it's, they're all, you know, not that they're all the same. They all have different aspects to it. You know, it's good versus evil and, you know, what triumphs versus others. So, as again, as long as it's better than the prequels... I think they'll be fine. I mean, again, we'll find out after opening weekend, and especially now with the way Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook, you know, your opinion is heard immediately. And this movie, according, it needs to hit at least two billion worldwide in order to be a success, based on the anticipation and the number that's been projected. Um, But you know, I I don't know the exact number because we haven't seen an exact number yet. Um, Because apparently, it's it's the if a movie costs two hundred million. It's, I believe, one and a half times the double. So it would need to make $500 million if the movie costs $200 million in order to make a profit. So I'm sure the movie's going to make a profit. You know, it's just what they forecast and what they want. This one is going to... This is one, like you said before, they have to have this as the biggest one. That's why the advertising is gung-ho. Look at the prequels. Episode 1 is the biggest one. Episode 2 is the lowest of the three. And Episode 3 did pretty well. Um, so, I mean, it did... Better than episode two, um, and we're ignoring inflation because if we do inflation. I mean, Gone with the Wind still the biggest movie ever, and nothing's going to top it. I think Star Wars um, is number two, and Star Wars also had so many re-releases and whatnot. But this this one, someone told me, one of my friends, he predicts that this movie will be in theaters until April or May because of how big it will be, how you know successful. I mean, because the next big movie after this. We have Batman vs. Superman, which right now is a toss-up for curiosity, right. but if it's not good, it's going to die down very quickly.
0: Ah, Star Wars! <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars! about that nutty Star Wars bar, can you forget
2: all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask,
1: did he scare you as much as he scared me?
0: Ah! Star Wars, those near in Star Wars, my seventh winner up here, Star Wars!
1: to to really now circle this all back, talking about releasing these movies once a year, as long as they don't overdo it. You know, you have certain studios that release 20-plus movies a year or whatever, and they make a few billion at the box office. And you have a year like Disney's having. Disney has released maybe a dozen or so movies, not not as many as the others, and they've made the same, if not more, than other studios, which is really impressive, you know? So... Yeah, they they're you know they they've been doing it well. Um, we'll see if you know they can continue keeping it alive. You know, I think if they space it out and they don't over inundate us, you know, people will be happy. And as you know, also now there's there's comic books out. There are so many ways to keep people occupied. Yeah, there's
2: a new canon to follow with all the stories, new books,
1: yep, new books. Yeah, so. And I I think they're going to go hard in the video games. I think that world's going to start expanding just cuz you already had a Battlefront come out which was on PlayStation 2 skip the generation of ps3 and xbox 360 and jump right to xbox one and ps4 which i think is interesting yeah. so i haven't played it yet i did just get it for the holidays so we'll see how it goes
2: so we talked about our anticipation and our backstory of our relationship with star wars over the years we talked about hypotheses with the new movie we also talked about what's next so the question i would ask now is what one-off would you like to see so between the Rogue One and the, the young Han Solo, what oh. do you think you'd like to see, like a personal story because of the journey that you've had and the relationship you've had with Star Wars, what story has yet to be told?
1: Okay, so the story that I would like to see be told, um, from the ones that are already coming out and that I've heard the rumors of more so, I think Rogue One's going to be interesting. I think, you know, yeah, you know they get the Star Wars plan, you get the plans for the Death Star, you know, if that leads to Star Wars, A New Hope. But I think it'll be kind of fun to watch. I think it's going to take Star Wars into that espionage world. It's it's what, you know, the Dark Knight did and what Captain America Winter Soldier did where it took, you know, a crime drama but put Batman characters in it. And, you know, it was essentially heat with Batman characters. And you have Captain America Winter Soldier which was an espionage movie with Captain America and Marvel characters. So I, I like that they're starting to pull that off a little bit more and more. So that way it's we well, yeah, it's a Star Wars movie, but it's really, you know... It's this, you know? It's almost... Uh, it, it's, it's just kind of fun. But the one that I would love to see, Shadows of the Empire. If they could pull Shadows off... Now, I know it's tough because you got Leia and, and you know, uh, yeah. Luke and Han. you got all the characters, essentially, that, you know, are younger or whatnot. But I think that would be so much fun. I just remember reading the book... I was 10 years old, I believe I read that book. And, you know, of course, the video game, as I discussed earlier with Dash Rendar. Oh, man. That would be... That would be really fun. Um, The other thing I would love to see, if possible... So I don't know if you remember the books. Um there is one of the bounty hunters. There was like tales of the bounty hunters. And, oh, you yeah. know, you know, IG88, Bosk, and you know, even Boba Fett. And they even did like a mini-series on TV or something. You know, like an episode of the week. Not I don't call it episode of the week, but you know, in the first episode, you know, we see the story of Bosk, and we see IG88, and then we see whoever, and you have know, it ties together. I mean, there's ways you can tie it together and do it well. So I would I would like to see those if possible. Again, the Han Solo one scares me other than the directors are Phil Lord and Christopher Miller yeah. which should be really fun
2: what I'd love to see too is something they've talked about which George Lucas said was not in canon to be able to film which was the, the break between the Sith and the Jedi I'd love to see a one-off around that if not the whole you know um, anthology around it and a sequential episodic around it but it'd be fascinating to really do this epic story that's been building in the background like, how did the Sith form? How did the Jedi form? And how did that break and that split happen between them? Um, because that's supposed to be something like 3,000 years before this, or 9,000 years, or some crazy number. Yeah. Um, that even happens before the um, the original, even before the prequels. So I'd love to see that. And just the, almost like a Lord of the Rings kind of feel to it, an anthology feel to it that ties the present, the quote-unquote present of Star Wars, along with all of this history that's lived between them that's just been hidden so that would be fascinating
1: maybe they should remake the prequels and you know just get rid of you know Jake Lloyd sorry pal everybody knows um, get rid of his you know make the, make the age difference between Anakin and Padme a bit more realistic and um, you know Tweak out a couple of the bad acting, the cheesy dialogue. You know, I bring back Hugh McGregor. I he was fantastic, and he's yeah. he's still the best. I like Natalie Portman. She's great too, but she probably moved on. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they could actually redo some of the, the ones for the prequels, or redo a couple. It's it's not even you know redo the prequels entirely. Just get rid of a couple things. Yeah. It would be awesome. It would be. I would agree. So we'll, we'll and you know get rid of George Jar, Jar Binks. So, Oh, did you also hear that apparently they, they said no Jar-Jar in this movie, but someone thought that Jar-Jar was like the Sith Lord. There was a rumor of that or something. I didn't check it out, but I, I thought it was really funny. I Oh, God, no.
2: All right, well, thank you, Butters.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: This was the Sentium. Digging into the culture. For more, please visit com. Hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No, I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life he had such a knowledge of the dark side he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying he could actually save people from death the dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What happened to him? Gay became so powerful, the only thing he was afraid of was... ...losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew... Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He can save others from death, but not himself. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi.